0: Enjoy a tall, cool dude. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't find love. Then I discovered partying, and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. I discovered I was great at raging, and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros, regardless of what kind of bro they were. I could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh, you know, be witty. Or, I could play beer pong and compete with real integrity. In short, I fulfilled my potential. The Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550.
1: Welcome to the week. Welcome to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase and Kyle Powell hanging out with you for the next two hours. Here on WGR. We got shows for, you, shows for you this week Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sabres on the other two days. Sabres Wild tomorrow night at 7. Sabres Hurricanes Thursday night also at 7 as they get into the middle of their homestand here. Six of the seven left. We'll get into some Sabres talk later on in the show. Um, I'm trying not to think about them too much. Not in a good place. You know, I was in one place with them like two months ago where all I wanted to talk about was the Sabres. The football, don't care. I don't care what's going on. I'm talking hockey. Looking at the standings every day. I'm looking at the standings more. I'm looking at my fantasy football teams. Now, I haven't looked at the standings since they lost to Chicago. And I... Maybe I'll pull... I, we'll, all, we'll look at them together. I'm going to pull up the standings page for my first reaction. I don't think much has happened, but I have no idea. Oh, things have happened. Um, so we'll pull up the standings later. We'll kind of go through that a little bit. We'll go through the Sabers as we progress. But the Super Bowl was la- was last night, and we had this. Uh, there was this little conversation on the afternoon show earlier. Was it a bad game? And is there a difference between it being a bad game and a boring game? And I don't know. I think last night, I don't think it has to be. Even if it's close, I think it still be a bad game. When you get double digit punts, I think. The game kind of stinks. If the Bills have a game where they win 13-3, to I'll be happy they won, but not a great game. 13-3. Come on. Give me 54-51. That's what I want. And we almost had it. I mean, how how much would you have rather watched Chiefs-Saints last night? I, th- I would have paid money. Pay-per-view. I would have bought pay-per-view to watch Chiefs-Saints instead of what we saw last night. Especially since New England won. Just, could it have gone worse? Could a Super Bowl Sunday have gone worse for us Bills fans? New England won. The game was kind of boring. The commercials weren't all that great. Other than the NFL 100 commercial. Might be my favorite of all time. Any commercial. Super Bowl Sunday. uh, The Super Bowl commercials. Geico. Anything. I think that was my favorite commercial ever. That NFL 100, it was so well put, so well put together. Um, I feel like they used the perfect players. Like, think of legendary players. Like, who's got the ball? It's Deion Sanders doing the primetime dance as he goes into the end zone. It's, and it all
2: fittingly starts with Marshawn Lynch not paying attention, <laughs> just really wanting some cake.
1: <laughs> right. I love that part too. Like that it was Marshawn Lynch. He's like, I'm not paying attention to what the commissioner's saying. I want some cake. I'm just here so right. I won't get fined. Mike Singletary, great job shouting fumble. Rips the glasses off his face. the Just perfect job. That was great. Otherwise, Chunky Milk commercial was pretty good. I wasn't a fan of really any of the other commercials. In terms of being funny. The Anthony Lynn one is great. For the first responders, the Verizon commercial, that's tremendous. But take those three out. I didn't laugh once at any of them, I don't think. That's what I'm looking for. I'm lo- humor me. I got almost none of that last night. Was there any Doritos commercials? There was, but they didn't go for humor. They went for Chance the Rapper and ba- Backstreet Boys doing a radio. Oh, that's what we were discussing. See, I missed yeah. a lot of commercials last night. That was I was Dur- here okay. running yeah.
2: the radio side. That was a Dorito commercial. Okay. And then the other one I normally look for, Budweiser?
1: So, you Game of Thrones fan?
2: No, that's probably okay. why
1: I- The Bud Light Knight. You know him? And the King they were uh, there was a joust going on, and the Bud Light knight lost to one of the Game of Thrones characters. You didn't know his Game of Thrones character until just after, and the Bud Light, com- the Budweiser commercial, Bud Light commercial, maybe there was a separate one, um, that became a Game of Thrones promo because the Game of Thrones dragon then came in and burned up the place, and uh, so that kind of was a combo effort there, I guess. Eh, fine, it was all right. Not a huge fan, even though I'm a Game of Thrones guy. Yeah, it was alright halftime I'm still formulating my overall opinion on what halftime was overall was not a big fan I don't think I, I thought I thought Travis Scott did pretty well Like I'm a fan of his but he was only on for like 90 seconds I love that Spongebob was part of the intro thought they could have done more with that they should have done more with that At least he made some sort of cameo. I'll give him that.
2: I don't know, man. I'm almost of the mindset that I'd rather it be full-blown and I need to see the bubble ball or I don't Mm. want to see it at all because seeing it for – seeing that hint of Squidward getting ready to lead the band
1: (laughs) and then (laughs) getting it it taken away
2: by Travis Scott. No disrespect to Travis Scott, but – I seen that on the TV. I was like, oh, my God. They they listened to us. Here we go. This is going to go down in history. And then it was gone. Mm-hmm. And then in the back of my head, you know, the game stunk, so I had a lot of time to think. Then I thought to myself, <laughs> you know, Adam Levine promised us this secret, this big surprise he had for the half, for his performance at the halftime show. And I'm like, well, they kind of dropped the ball with the production of the Bubble Bowl in the halftime. Right. But wait, it's called Sweet, Sweet Victory. What if that's the song that's playing as the confetti's falling? For the victorious victorious team. And it, it didn't happen. So I was out of ideas.
1: They would have made up for it with that. Yeah. For that's, sure. That's all I had. Um, I don't know why Adam Levine needs to take a shirt off. It's not like a rock concert or something. Like pop music from the early 2000s. It's Can for the be ladies, good. Joe.
2: It's for the ladies.
1: Sure. But he doesn't need to do that. Um, I thought they were okay. Not great. If you hated it, I think you're... You're right in that opinion. If you loved it, I don't think you are. I think it was closer to being terrible than it was to being great. But I wasn't. It was fine. Whatever. Nothing about yesterday was great. And then New England won ultimately. So that stunk. And Boston, there you get another championship, another one. And I, I don't want to make too much of this, but it's kind of interesting that like after the game, like I when you when. Your team's not in it. What are you rooting for? You're either rooting for the upset, or, to me, you're rooting for either a small market or a market that has not won in a long time. Because that is the fan base and those are the players that are going to appreciate it the most. No disrespect to like, the Patriots and Boston fans for this. Although, I I guess I wouldn't care if they took disrespect. They do not... They do not care as much about this championship as any other team winning would. And that's fine. It's their sixth. They've been there, done that. Completely different if, here in Buffalo, we were to win next season. We would be way more excited than what I saw the Patriots were on the field. Because as, as it happened, as the kneel down happened, if the Bills pulled off one of the greatest upsets in sports history and somehow won the Super Bowl next season, if Josh Allen, and this, is just, this isn't just the Bills, this could be any young quarterback in the league, or anyone that hasn't won it, they take that kneel down, and what are they doing? They're either throwing the football up into the air. They're jumping up and down. They're throwing their helmet. Like I imagine when uh, my pictures of my mind, even though I wasn't watching this, or if I was even alive for it, I would have been like one or two. Brett Favre running across the field with his helmet raised in the air. Last night it was Brady takes the kneel down and uh, it's like a high five. He goes right business to business as opponents. usual. Right, it's like ugh, that stinks. I don't want that. I want a fan base to break their curse. I want a fan base and or players. To, like, finally know what it feels like. Like, this is the best moment of all time. And it's, like, same old, same old. Like, we're all sick of it. Like, that stunk last night. Jared Goff probably would have done the same thing if they won. That's why it's why you're rooting for them. Even though it's Los Angeles. It's not the small market that I'm looking for. But it's a market that hasn't won in at least a few years. <laughs> As opposed to Boston. They're winning one every other year. At least. So, all of what happened yesterday stunk to me. All of it. Except a couple things. The NFL 100 commercial, as I mentioned. And, like, that was it. That was pretty much it. Other thing that's happened that's come out of last night. So, Julian Edelman wins the MVP. Rightfully so. Best player yesterday. Uh, It is kind of ironic that I think, you know... They win another Super Bowl, and they get accused of cheating once in a while because, you know, they got punished for it and caught twice. Kind of ironic that the guy who won Super Bowl MVP for the Patriots last night is a guy who has been suspended for using steroids. Just just saying. Like, that's happened. Julian Edelman was suspended four games for using PEDs. Okay? So he won MVP last night. He was definitely the best player. Ten catches for like almost 150 yards. Um, while no offensive weapon could get going last night, he did. Out of the slot for New England. I mean, if he doesn't perform yesterday, I don't know if the Patriots are scoring anything. He was putting them in positions, he played great. Today, the conversation around a lot of the national media, and I'm assuming Boston to an extent, they're debating whether, and some are even saying he should be, Edelman to the Hall of Fame. And I'm just sitting here going, that is the biggest reach I've ever seen in my life. We had a conversation on our air a couple weeks ago. Here on the Nightcap. That this New England dynasty is kind of strange. Because if you look at the Hall of Fame and you go back to earlier dynasties. As I flip back through my notes, if I can try to find this real quick. Yeah, right here. 70 Steelers. That was a dynasty. You had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Hall of Famers from the 70s Steelers. Dynasty. They had ten of them. The 90s Cowboys, who won three Super Bowls Johnson, Aikman, Irvin, Emmett, Allen. Five Hall of Famers. Even the Bills, which is not a real dynasty. Almost a dynasty. Wasn't that the name of their thirty for thirty? No, it was the Four Falls of Buffalo. Something, something was almost a dynasty. A book, something. Even them, the GM, Polian, the coach, Levy, four players: Bruce, Thurman, Kelly, Reed. That's six Hall of Famers, and here sit the Patriots. They are only probably going to have three. Brady, Gronk, Belichick. That's probably going to be the extent of it. In terms of guys that have been there for, and really, I don't even want to count Gronk. Maybe that's part of the, the, uh, the Patriots dynasty lasting so long. But when we're just talking about guys who have meant something to that franchise throughout the whole thing, it's only two. They're the only two constants. And like I said, part of that is just because it's lasted so long. Well, part of it also is the fact that they had 10 years in the middle where they never won. Here is everybody trying to convince you now that Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. And just give me a break with that. You're reaching way too far if you think Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer. Has he had some great playoff games? Absolutely. Last night in particular. Deion Branch had a Super Bowl MVP game, too. Are we throwing him in the Hall of Fame? Because he's ahead of Julian Edelman in a lot of his career totals. And I know he's still got some... I don't know how much longer does Edelman have? 32 years old. he got three, four years left. He doesn't have a lot. He is nowhere near a Hall of Fame caliber player with the numbers he has for his career. Receiving yards. He's 248th. Behind Brandon LaFell and Jared Cook. And Randall Cobb, who's got a lot more playing in front of him. Delaney Walker, Eric Decker, Ben Watson. Mike Evans, who just started playing like three years ago. Alshon Jeffrey, Doug Baldwin. I can go on and on and on. There are 247 players that have more receiving yards for their career than Julian Edelman. You can't put him in the Hall of Fame. Let's go to receptions. And he's supposed to be this reception monster, slot guy. uh, Over 100 targets all the time. That's like where you think he makes his money, right? He's going to be a lot higher when it comes to receptions. Well, he is, but he's still not very high at all. Tied for 148th. Behind T.Y. Hilton, who's got a lot more playing in front of him than Julian Edelman does. Behind Mike Wallace, who is still playing and is nowhere near a Hall of Famer. Dwayne Bowe, who's been out of the league and played for eight years. Chris Chambers, Vincent Jackson. Former Patriot, Troy Brown. No one's calling for him to be in the Hall of Fame. Darren Sproles. A running back. He's way behind Golden Tate and Jordy Nelson and Deshaun Jackson. Not a Hall of Famer. Let's go to touchdowns. I can tell you beforehand, instead of having to look here, he's not on the touchdown page. I could look up where he ranks all-time probably right now, but I can tell you for a fact he's not in the top 250. That's how many pro football reference gives you when you look up all-time receiving yards. If you're not on the page, you're not a Hall of Famer. He's just he's not a Hall of Famer. I don't even think this should have to be an argument. Wes Welker is higher than him in almost all of these stats. Wes Welker had some great playoff games, too. You can't put a guy in the Hall of Fame because he had two or three great games in the playoffs. It's Insanity. And I always get hung up on these Hall of Fame conversations because I, for one, think that the bar is way too low to get into Canton. And it's low enough where now you have reputable people out there that are arguing on behalf of him, Julian Edelman, to get in the Hall of Fame. It's nonsense. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it because, like I said, it's nonsense. I don't think I should have to spend too much time on it. He has less receiving yards than Brandon LaFell. Brandon LaFell, <laughs> it's not good. Who's OJ McDuffie? I don't know, but he's got less than that guy, and I can tell you he's not in the Hall of Fame. So, there's my little spew on Edelman. And really, like back to the the cheating part of this, you can't, you can't just completely disrespect their entire dynasty. You can't do it. Can you put an asterisk on it? Even that I would want to say no to. But part of their story... You can't ignore it either. Part of their story has to be that they've been caught twice. And who knows if they're doing anything right now that we just don't know about. You never know. Because you've been caught twice. And even though they're not big things. Like Spygate happened. And they've been amazing ever since. So clearly that didn't have... Too much of an impact on how good they were. You'd think. Deflategate happened. And since Gates happened, they've won, I think, three Super Bowls. So clearly, it didn't have a huge impact. But they thought it that it would have enough impact that, they, that it happened. The thing about deflated footballs is, and this is a conversation for a couple years ago, I know. But the thing about deflated footballs is, if you ever play with them, it's harder to fumble. It's harder to drop the ball. And it's easier to grip it when you're throwing. There is an advantage. Even if it might be a really small one, there is an advantage. And they did it, even though it was against the rules. Spygate was clearly against the rules. I mean, you gotta know, right? You can't film close practices. So, even though I don't think you can put an asterisk on them because they've been caught cheating twice, and even if you want to throw Edelman into the conversation because he's been... He's been caught using performance enhancing drugs. You can't you can't take away too much from their dynasty for it, but it does have to be a part of their story. It does. It won't judge they won't they won't be judged too harshly on it, I bet going forward in the future when history looks back on them, the only thing you'll probably think about is 6 Super Bowls. In a 20-year stretch with the same two guys.
2: And it's like the penalties that the NFL threw their way didn't even affect them. They just shrugged them off right. after these scandals. The flake gate, you cost Tom Brady, what, a million dollars and suspend him for too. four games. What does he do? Come back, comes back, goes 11-1 and and 28-2, and touchdown to interceptions. Like, right. okay, whatever. And then in route, that's the comeback against the Falcons. Right. It didn't deter them at all. They got by with Jacoby
1: Brissett. And Garoppolo. And right at the ship, and here they are again. What stops them? The only thing that's going to stop them is age. I think we just all have to we all have to accept it. Nothing is going to stop New England except age. It's not going to be I mean, you'd hope it's Mahomes. I mean, he looks like the best quarterback that's ever entered the league. But it's probably not going to happen that anyone in the AFC East does it. Josh Allen might be the savior for the Bills. He's not going to stop that dynasty. Only age is probably is going to do it. We have got to wait. We just got to wait. Because we've tried this over and over and over and over and over and over. And it never changes. Here they are again. We all thought this was the year. Hey, they don't look the same. Brady looks a little off. He's thrown more off-target passes than ever in his career. In fact, he's thrown more off-target passes than everyone in the league. Super Bowl champ. It's like that. On the road in Arrowhead. Tough environment. They're not the same on the road. He's got less road wins than Mark Sanchez. Didn't matter. They still won. I'm almost dead inside with them. Like, what's the... To me, I almost don't even care. What's the difference between five and six? Their legacy is written. They were already the best dynasty ever. He was already the best quarterback ever, in my mind, in a lot of other people's minds. Belichick was already the best coach ever. I mean, what are they playing for? For Belichick's name to get on the trophy instead of Lombardi? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand what keeps motivating them. And I hate it. Maybe it's us all hating them and us all being sick of them. Maybe that's what motivates them. <sighs> just waiting. Just waiting at the clock. We're just running it out here. We're running out the shift. You know, you, know, you ever know? Like, especially when you were a teenager, I was this way. You would have that shift, you were working retail, you had like a a six hour shift, no break, or if you had a break, it was like 15 minutes, you didn't get an hour, you didn't get an hour lunch for a six six hour shift, and you'd get to hour two, and it's like, all right, knocked off two hours, nice, that's a nice chunk, three hours, okay, I just gotta do what I just did again, and then you'd reach like hour four, and you'd be like, I just did four hours, I got two left. Like, come on, end this already. Like, I'm just... You reach a point in the shift where you're just like, I can't do this. I need to leave. Like, ugh, you start watching the clock and then time runs slower. And that's where I think I'm at with New England right now. I'm starting to watch the clock. And now it seems like time is going slower and slower and slower. So maybe I need to start doing something else. Because you know when you're not looking at the clock, it it goes faster. What, we got two, three more years of this? Realistically, like when can we expect that it's over? He's forty-one. He'll be forty-two next season.
2: He said forty-five. Is that the magic number? Oh, I hate you th- him. You think he holds true to that? Will you hold him to his word?
1: You mean like will he play longer than that? Yeah. Oh my god, I don't even want to imagine he plays longer than that. Is he gonna play like my whole life watching football? He's been here. Am I gonna get into? I'm young. I'm twenty-three. He, am I gonna get into my thirties watching this guy? Is that possible? Is he going to play seven more years? Is he going to be 49 running around out there? And we're just like, well, you got to wait out the clock. I'm going to be an old man by the time he retires. I just I want it to end so bad. And, you know, maybe, maybe it'll happen before he does retire that it will end. But it seems harder and harder to believe every single year that goes on that that's going to happen. We're just waiting for him to fall off that cliff.
2: And the softer the league gets to in terms of penalizing and how... Little or often, you can hit somebody that only bodes better for his longevity. Right, you can't come after him anymore.
1: Maybe we're all like the like old old time uh, Europe, where where everyone's like, oh, the world's flat. So when Christopher Columbus goes and sails across the ocean, he's gonna fall off. Like, what do they think was gonna happen? Like, right, you would th- he's gonna fall off. There's a waterfall into nothingness, and he's gonna go right over the cliff. And maybe we're all just running around thinking that eventually. Tom Brady's going to sail over the edge of the world, and we're all the dummies that don't realize that the world is actually round. And he's just going to keep going and going and going and going. Like, that's how I feel right now. You know it's going to end in the back of your mind. You know it is going to end eventually. But the front of your mind keeps saying, nope, not yet. Maybe it'll never happen. I hate I hate it. I hate it. 803-0550 is the phone number. Any good come out of last night for you? Really, the only thing I could find was that NFL 100 commercial, which was tremendous. We'll go over that a little bit later. Play, You know what? We're going to do play-by-play. Play. I want to I wanna go like almost frame-by-frame frame of that because there's some uh, there's some stuff in the background there that I think is interesting.
2: Remember seeing your tweet from last night. Yeah, I'll, wanna...
1: br- I'll bring that up. I know I'm not right, but I just, I want to bring eh, it up. You never know. We'll have ah, to see. He, it, it, we'll br- we'll br- I'll, actually, I'll bring that up next. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL 100 commercial. If you want, got anything to say on Super Bowl Sunday yesterday, you can do that. We'll get into the Sabres in hour number two. I have yet to pull up the standings in the last few days to see where they're at, so we'll do that, and uh, we'll look ahead to the rest of the season. Trade deadline is uh, under a month away. It's this month. It's the Nightcap, Jody Biasi, and Kyle Powell here on WGR. Sterling trying the 48-yard field goal. The ball put down. The kick is up and wide
2: left. No good. No good. This one is over. Five seconds on the clock. The Patriots are going to win. The New England Patriots are going to win it. They'll take over. And they will win Super Bowl 53,
1: 13-3. Five seconds remain in regulation. Kevin Harlan on the call. Last night live here on WGR. From Westwood One Sports. The Patriots win their sixth. All in my lifetime all as depressing as that first one was and they are still here Patriots over the Rams 13 to three who had that score it was a 56 point over under they didn't even come they didn't even come close nowhere near like what at what point was the over under bat over or like was it finished? I think, like, by the time you were midway through the second quarter, it was completely toast. I mean, maybe. I mean, the Chiefs did score 31 on uh, New England in a half last week. So, I always thought the Rams were going to start to put it together, and they never did. They did to an extent. Like, first half was, like, Peterman against the Ravens bad. They had, like, two first downs. So, they got it going a little bit in the second half. I mean, Goff misses Brandon Cooks. Over the middle. He was wide open. McCordy comes back for the Patriots to break it up. But if he sees it like a second earlier, it's a touchdown for the Rams, they would have taken the lead. And then who knows what happens. So it was there. I guess I can't talk about, though, that the New England was like that close to six straight Super Bowl losses. I guess I've got to stop saying that because they won by double digits, finally. They finally won a Super Bowl by double digits. I
2: know. Go figure, right? And there's 16 total freaking points scored. Right. And that's how it goes.
1: Unbelievable. Um, Super Bowl odds for next year, 2019. If you didn't see them, I got a piece up at WGR550.com. that kind of outlines it, outlines it. And the FanDuel Sportsbook out of New Jersey. FanDuel's kind of got into the sports betting game over the past few months. Not just daily fantasy anymore. They've got Super Bowl odds for next year pretty early. And they've got the Buffalo Bills tied for last. Tied for last. At plus 15,000 to win the Super Bowl. You bet 100 on the Bills They if they win you get $15,000. So that's where we're at. At least with the first uh, the first Super Bowl odds that I've seen today. Tied with the Cardinals, I just don't think that you can... I don't think you can argue that they are that bad for next year. And we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. 803-0550 is the phone number if you want to talk about the Super Bowl last night, commercials, the game, halftime, or... In a minute, we're going to get into these, uh, these Super Bowl odds, and they got the Bills at last. So anything's on the table here for you at 803-0550. Let's go to the phone lines, actually, right now. Let's go to Josh. Josh, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Josh, you there? What? There we go. Sorry. Yes, I am. How
2: you doing, buddy? Good. How about you? Good. The, the most frustrating thing yesterday, watching the Rams and their offense, is it was kind of like Playing online, playing Madden against somebody who literally runs one formation. They run all their plays out of one formation. Mm-hmm. And if you shut one thing down, then they don't know what to do. And all we hear today is how Belichick is the biggest defensive genius ever.
0: It, it Immediately the stories came out
2: of, well, wow, the Bears and the Eagles, and they ran cover two and cover four invert, and it stopped them, and the Rams didn't know what to do. And it's just frustrating as a fan that, uh,
0: you know, we got to keep
2: eating this year after year after year as Bills fans. But it just, I don't know, I thought it was bizarre. It, it was literally like watching Twitch or watching a video game channel mm. and seeing them play.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, as someone who plays Madden, it's even more frustrating. Uh, this didn't happen last night, obviously, but it's the m- the, more, the most frustrating thing ever in Madden is when someone is running the same formation against you over and over and over and you can't stop it. And, like, that's kind of been the Rams, though, this year. So, like, I kind of agree with you. And on the other hand, like, one thing that they've gotten a lot of credit for this season was the fact that their run plays and their pass plays look the same pre snap. They confuse you with the same look with different plays. And it seemed like last night they were trying to do that, but New England was stopping that formation over and over, and they never changed it up. So, like, I kind of agree with you, and I kind of don't. Because I do think that's kind of where their money was made this year, was making everything look the same. And then the defense gets confused by that. But the problem is, when the defense isn't being confused, at some point you have to adjust. And you would like to think that this young 32-year-old coach, innovative, offensive, great, maybe the best play caller in the game. Adjust! They've got your number! Go into Shotgun! Shotgun! Run some screens to your running back. Run some draw plays up the middle, out of the shotgun. Bring in a second tight end. Do something different. If we were the Bills right now, and they'd done that in a game, and this has happened many times. We we, we get enough practice with this. We'd be screaming for them to change it up. It reminds me of a little bit of Nate Hackett's offense in 2012. That year, Spiller went off. There were a few games, especially later on in the year, that it just seemed like they had two run plays in the whole playbook. It was a shotgun handoff up the middle. That was almost like that seemed like that was the only run play they had in the repertoire, and they would do it all the time. And defenses catch on to that stuff. And I just, I pray, I was hoping that the Rams were going to figure it out, and they didn't really ever figure it out. Part of that's on the quarterback, too, because Goff was making bad throws. Goff was missing open guys. Cooks a couple times. He could have had touchdowns. So it's not all on McVay not adjusting and McVay not coaching a good game. He did get out coached, but Jared Goff was terrible last night. And I don't know what to make of him going forward. He's not the bust he was in his first year. He's also not the MVP candidate he was at times this year. I think he's going to be somewhere in between, which is a lot of quarterbacks. He seems pretty average to me. Like, what would that team look like if they never got rid of Nick Foles and they had Sean McVay? Like, would he not be as good as what Jared Goff is? I think he would be. Maybe better. If you put if you put Nick Foles on the field last night with the Rams, they're scoring more than three points, I think. He's had an interesting run here. Because now I, to me, he's got I don't know how legitimate they are, but he's got arguments. To be the starting quarterback over both the first and second overall pick from twenty sixteen. He's not gonna be at it in either. Like both teams, like they moved on, but I do wonder what that would have looked like last night. If the Rams never moved on from Nick Foles and they got Sean McVay, then what would that have looked like yesterday? That would have been cool. But he's not. Uh anyways, the Super Bowl odds. Bills plus fifteen thousand. Worst in the league, tied with the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think it's crazy to have them at the bottom. I do think it's a little... It's wrong. I, I i don't think you can have them dead last. I think you can have them near the bottom, 25th, 26th, whatever you want. That, that's fine. Dead last. With the Cardinals? The Dolphins are out here about to start a tank, it seems. Like, they might do that. They might blow the whole thing up. The Raiders... We'll see what they are a quarterback. The rest of the roster is scorched earth. Gruden is still blowing that thing up. And he might do it with quarterback. Maybe he won't, but he might. And if, even if he doesn't, for how many good, for how many players and how many starting positions, how much turnover there's been there in Oakland, which I guess is going to be San Francisco this year it seems like. I, what do you call them, by the way, if they go to San Francisco? Are they the San Francisco Raiders for one year?
2: No, I just think they're the Raiders who happened to play in San Francisco.
1: Is that what they would list them as? The Raiders who happen to play in San Francisco? The Oakland Raiders of San Francisco? The Oakland Raiders of San Francisco?
2: Kind of like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim.
1: You could do the Bay Area Raiders. Yeah. I don't know if you can stick with Oakland, though, because they're not playing in Oakland. You're playing in San Francisco. Golden State Raiders. Now we're thinking. Now, here we go. Um, Yeah, there's that. They're going to Vegas next year anyway, so it doesn't matter. Anyways, back on track. The Raiders, even if they keep Derek Carr, there's no way they're turning they're, they're turning that roster around overnight, over one offseason, and being a 6-7 win team. Right? I don't think so. I don't think they can. The Dolphins, they might have the worst quarterback situation in the league going into next year. If they get rid of Tannehill, which all signs point to that happening... And you're positioning yourself for a quarterback in 2020, what does that make you next year? That makes you a bridge quarterback that's a veteran. And generally, that guy is one of the worst quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks in the league. The best they could do is like a Nick Foles or a Tyrod Taylor. And if you don't have a good roster around those two, I don't think you're getting much. I think they, the Bills should be over Miami. I think that they should be over the Raiders. I think they probably should be over Arizona, but I'm not as defiant on that. And I think that if I were setting the odds, I'd put them, even with the Jets, at plus 8,000. I think ton of similarities between those two teams. What about the Giants? If I had to bet today, I think I'd bet the Giants. More, their path I think is easier. And I want to think they're going to do better quarterback than Eli Manning. You want to think it. I know I want to think it. But, like, maybe they'll actually do it this time. Uh, That'd be close. That'd be a close one for me. Maybe I'd even put them even, too. Like, the Jets, Bills, and Giants. The three New York teams. Finger quotes, because the Bills are the only New York team. The Jets, too, though. Like, tons of similarities. They can't be almost double the odds that the Bills? Like, what? Come on. They both have young... Second-year quarterbacks who showed well in their rookie seasons. They both have a lot of holes on their team with a ton of cap space. They both had pretty good defenses last year. The Bills, in fact, were great last year on defense. And you've got some offensive weapons to fill in, but you've got cap space, and they both have top ten picks. ton of similarities with those two teams roster-wise. The only difference, big difference really between the two is the fact that the Jets have a brand-new head coach coming in, Adam Gase, who does not have a great track record, and then the Bills have Sean McDermott. Like we know what we're getting. At least we think we do. At least stylistically. So I'd put them even with the Jets at plus eight thousand ahead of those other four teams. At least eight to three hundred five fifty is the phone number if you want to get on any of this. Let's go to Brendan. Brendan, you're on the cap What's up? Hi guys. How are you? Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Good. So I think that would be a great bet. So if I put hundred bucks on the bills
2: right now, and you're saying I'd make fifteen thousand, even if that changed and we ended up in the middle of the pack toward beginning of the season, you'd still get that fifteen thousand, right?
1: If you live in a state where it's legal, yes, you would.
2: If if I bet it in Vegas, let's say. Sure. So, um, I think, because I really think we're more like in the middle of the pack, I think the defense is going to decline a little bit and the offense is going to climb up a little bit. And I really think that at worst, we'll still end up in the middle of the pack.
1: Yeah, Brennan, thanks for the call. I tend to agree with you. I think they're closer to the teams like the Bengals and the Broncos. And who else would I want to put in that category? I put the Jets in there, I guess, for now. Yeah. the Browns, I might want to put a little ahead of that. Like I think they're around there. Like Broncos, Bengals territory.
2: The Titans.
1: The Titans. Yeah. The like, Titans. S- seven, eight wins. Exude. Probably, yeah.
2: Seven and nine
1: in the hunt. Yeah, that's right. Seven and nine is the Tennessee Titans. They, they'll all be in that in the hunt graphic up until the end, but they're probably not making the playoffs. I think I'd put the Bills in there for 2019. Like that'd be my guess. Whatever their win over under win total is going to be, I think I'm going to want to bet the over because it's probably going to come in around six or six and a half games. And I think they're uh, sitting here today with a ton of work to do. In fact, I probably even should have said this. shouldn't say this because the whole offseason is still to come. But if they do everything they should in the offseason and the draft, I think they're probably going to be about an 8-win team, which to me deserves to be higher than a lot of those teams, at least in Super Bowl odds. I know it's Super Bowl. It's not uh, just for the season because the Bills, remember, to win the Super Bowl they'd have to go through New England like three times probably. (laughs) <laughs> that's tough. It's Until it's not tough, it's tough. 803-0550 is the phone number. You can tweet at me at SneakyJoeWGR. Hit us up on the text line at 550-550. We'll talk some Sabres at the top of the hour. Uh, we'll go through. I want to go frame by frame, though, on that NFL 100 commercial next. We'll do that here on the Nightcap on WGR.
2: That's the game. I mean, that happens every game, and I think that's kind of something that they do well, is they're able to mix it up well and keep us guessing, and especially early on, we're able to, we get completely guessing.
1: Jared Goff. Rams blues in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. New England's sixth. Two have come against the Rams. Third team, they've played twice. In this stretch. They played the Eagles twice. They played the Giants twice. They played the Rams twice. And who am I missing here? Panthers, Falcons, and Seahawks. 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 So that's what? Four against the NFC East for them. One against the NFC West. None. No, wait. Two against the NFC South. Panthers and uh, Falcons. All right, I think I did that right. No, sorry. NFC West is three. Rams twice, Seahawks once. That's where I messed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, What percentage of a banana has to be brown before you'd say you can't eat it or you shouldn't eat it or you wouldn't eat it? What percentage of the banana?
2: <sighs> I, 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 I would go I'm,
1: with... Like, are we talking 50-50 here or are we something before that? Oh, man. Or more? Uh... I'm pretty liberal with my banana.
2: I'm going to be honest, like if it's there and it's a little bit brown, I'll just go I'll just I'll that fight through it. That needs to be a drop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that needs to be a drop. Please I... <laughs> let that be a drop in the future. Okay, so th- th- this is a terrible thing to do on radio, but I'm going to hold up with this banana right here. Oh, are you are talking about the outside?
2: Yeah, the outside. Oh, I you got to fight through that and see what the actual banana looks like first.
1: Mm, before I, you, you need to make a judgment beforehand.
2: See, that's where you and I differ.
1: If the banana is like 60% brown on the outside, I'm not what I'm looking inside for. I know, what's, I, know. I know what's going on. You you don't, though. I just, I don't. Maybe it's I don't have enough experience with bananas because I'm not a big fan. I started eating them more recently because they're good for you, but I hate them. I, I have to power through them every time. I hate them. They're not a real fruit. Fruit is supposed to be juicy. Every fruit is juicy, except bananas. Right? Name me another fruit that's not juicy. You would never call a banana juicy.
2: I think. Oranges? Are they so much juicy? Oranges?
1: It's the juiciest. What are you talking they're about? Not the, are they the juiciest?
2: Oranges? I I'm, I'm
1: not a very big that's orange the worst, connoisseur. That's the worst. Terrible. Terrible job. Of course they're juicy. No, they're not the most juiciest. That would be watermelon for sure, because it's like 80% water in the first place, which is kind of... It's juice. Um... No orange, orange stuff right, I never ate orange you, slices
2: as a kid, but I do enjoy bananas. No,
1: trust me on this. Banana is the only non-juicy fruit.
2: Let's see what this caller has to
1: say. Let, let, let's see. Take the call. I'll, I'll I'll filibuster for a minute here, and we'll see if this caller thinks that they're... or if you can come up with one. Like maybe if you're talking mango, or like cantaloupe. But even then, like pretty juicy honeydew. Like you're getting closer there, but not yet. Like you're not. You can't call a honeydew. Not juicy, to me. Banana, absolutely. It's a joke of a fruit, in my mind. Terrible. Just terrible. It's good on ice cream, though. I'll say that. All right. We waited, so let's give Mark a shot here. Mark, you're on the nightcap. What's up?
2: Hey, wait a minute. If that banana's really brown, it's going to be juicy. Now, you said it wouldn't be juicy, right? I mean, if you wait long enough and it's brown enough.
1: Wait, that happens? Banana.
2: Yeah, they get juicy. When you uh, yeah.
1: I don't feel like that's. I don't feel like I want to eat them though. At that point,
2: I would hope not. I won't even eat them if there's even any black on the the outer.
1: Screen. So would you not agree then that if a banana is juicy, you should not eat it? I would say if a banana is juicy and mushy, you should not eat it. Aha! Uh-huh. That's we've reached we've reached a verdict here. Mark, thank you for the call. Because I didn't know that. I don't eat bananas when they get any brown, for the most part can't eat a banana if it's juicy cuz that means something has gone terribly wrong aka when it has to act like a fruit
2: it's gross i'm still here i'm here to tell you you can get away with a little bit mm. all right
1: i'll give it a shot this is like this is like 30% i'd say Thirty percent brown on the outside. I would
2: still at least, if I, if it were me gauging that, I would tough Gauged it outside. out and at least open up the Ryan, see what you're working with before okay. you go chucking that thing, because right, that's not as bad as it could be.
1: All right, I'm going to do that during the break. Um, and next segment, we're going to do. I, I put put off the uh, the 100 year commercial because there's actually a lot more to unpack there than we thought. So we'll we'll go. We're going to go through the NFL 100 commercial next. Really, all the players. The roles, who's sitting at what table? You got some thoughts on that? I don't know who set up these tables, but we got some weird combinations of people going on. We'll dive into that and then uh, some sabers as we uh, roll into the second hour as well. It's the nightcap with Jody Biassi and Kyle Powell here on WGR.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.